Electricast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. On this episode of Missing the Point, we discuss an exciting week of professional wrestling as we preview WWE SummerSlam. We'll give our predictions for the biggest party of the summer. Will John Cena defeat the head of the table, Roman Reigns, to become a 17-time world champion? Will 56-year-old Goldberg defeat the almighty Bobby Lashley? And will one of the marquee matchups between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks even take place? We'll give our predictions and discuss what could be one of the greatest weekends of professional wrestling in recent memory. This is Missing the Point. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are about to listen to the most entertaining and informative wrestling podcast out there. That is not a prediction. It is a spoiler. And this is Kayfabe Critics. Welcome in, everybody, to Kayfabe Critics, formerly GP. Shout out to Rosenberg. I am your host, um, Michael Marcangelo, joined alongside by the Hollywood Wale, Rayshon Buchanan, and the EP, Craig D'Alessandro. And we are talking today about SummerSlam and about all the big news in pro wrestling. Boys, how are you? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's always good. You know, we know it's a big time pay-per-view whenever we get together to do these shows. So we did this last one in April for WrestleMania. You know, so you can go back and listen to that, even though it's, it's, it's outdated, but it's still a great show. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into Where can you find that, Ray? Oh, you can find that in the show notes. <laughs> uh, Craig, how are you feeling about SummerSlam? Uh, it's one of the big four. I'm always excited for the big four. You know, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. I'm looking forward to this one. You know, it's been a long road. to finally in front of crowds again. So I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's dope. That's the best part, honestly. Obviously. I think uh, the sight of a, a jam-packed Legion Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada on Saturday it's going to be everything that we need it to be for uh, for a, a big professional wrestling event. And I want to talk a little bit about the card. But, and as we go through the card, I want to get your reaction. So before we go through the card, just looking at it right now, Ray, are you overwhelmed or are you underwhelmed about the presentation of SummerSlam this Saturday? Uh, a little underwhelmed. Like, I feel like it hasn't been really pushed the way that it has been pushed the years past, especially with it being at such a big stadium. I mean, it's just, I mean, Legion Stadium is huge. I don't know how many it holds. I want to say it holds at least 80, 85,000. So, but I'm sure they'll get to 90 because of how they'll fix the seating. So, I feel like obviously the scenes and Raiders, uh, Raiders matches are getting pushed, obviously, because they're both the two of the bigger draws, a lot of the biggest draws in the business. Rawls and Edge to me pushed just as much because I think that's going to be a five star match in my steel. Um, still the show, so to speak. Well, I know we're getting into that. So yeah, so be but def- but to answer your question, definitely underwhelmed with how it's being pushed. But nevertheless, as a true K 
kayfabe critic and a true wrestling fan, I'm excited to to see the card unfold on Saturday night. And Craig, I, I guess you just your first thoughts of this: overwhelmed or underwhelmed? Uh, I feel like this is an appropriately length card for a, uh, a big four pay per view, especially one in front of a crowd again. I some of the matches, obviously, we're going to get into kind of disappointing but you know it, it is what it is for right now they're going to, they're going up against a very very tough wrestling weekend a tough uh combat sports weekend so i feel like this is probably uh given the circumstances that are currently surrounding the wwe this is probably uh the best card they could put out at this time yeah exactly and and so i think you know the number one match on this card uh from a promotion standpoint is the universal championship match between roman reigns the head of the table the tribal chief against the 16-time you-can't-see-me leader of the C-Nation, John Cena. How do you all feel about this match? Uh, and before you, give, before you give your predictions of the winners and, lo- and, the winners and loser, how do you feel like they have done uh, in terms of promoting this match as the marquee matchup? Ray, you can go first. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, I mean, the head of the table, you know, you know versus C-Nation. Like, I'm, this is hype. I'm, we've talked about this, I think, since we've been doing uh, these type of shows. The last year, Roman Reigns has been in, on the best run of his career. I don't really see him losing anytime soon, and they shouldn't have him losing anytime soon. You know, stack him, you know, smash him, stack him, pin him, you know, Lee walk out, Universal Champion, right? So this bloodline, uh, storyline has been amazing. Finally, they're getting something right when it comes to writing. So I don't know who's going to get better. Yeah, it still could get better, but I mean, I'm just very, I'm pleased with how I've seen them kind of build this heel character of Roman Reigns as opposed to just really just force feeding him as a deep as we were felt in years past. But I'm excited to see what Cena does. I think obviously now Roman's at a point where he'll have to carry Cena. I know that's why they have him do the dark matches at the SmackDown and Raw to kind of get the ring rushed away get the best definitely real. But I think at the end of the day, you know, uh Reigns comes out victorious. I do think it'll kind of lead to a thing where we'll see um or in Cena go for a 17th reign at some point, which I hope that would be great because they've had a great rivalry in the past. So I think that's what it will lead to. So that's what I'm hoping it goes. But I, I got Reigns on Saturday night. I, I got to just, uh, the whole notion that Reigns is going to carry Cena, I don't know if I believe that. I, I think Cena uh, from WrestleMania 31 uh, on proved to all of his naysayers that he can carry a match and he's a great, and, and he's actually a great wrestler in terms of, the psychology that he brings into each match. Now, obviously, like his five moves of doom. Yeah, great. We understand that. Like the poor man's people's elbow. Yeah, the five knuckle shuffle. It doesn't make any sense, but he can hold his own. Uh, and so, so Craig, uh, what's what are your thoughts on the promotion of this match, and who do you think is going to win? The promotion of this match has pretty much been exactly as I expected at this point with Roman Reigns. It's been oh goodness, probably a year at this point. We've done the head of the table gimmick, right? Maybe longer than that. And it's gone pretty much the way you would want it to go as a guy that you're obviously they're pushing Roman Reigns as top guy in this company, obviously. And they have gone through the last year, maybe longer, year and a half, as uh, Roman Reigns is unstoppable and no one else can touch him. There is nobody that you could put in WWE right now in front of Roman Reigns and credibly say, I think they could beat Roman Reigns unless you bring somebody else in. The only, the only people credible right now that can be Roman Reigns or The Rock or John Cena. And they, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, Vince is going to break out his wallet in order to put as much money back in as he can. And this is going to be an absolute WrestleMania quality match between Roman Reigns and John Cena. Because uh, as far as the building goes, it went exactly as I thought it would be. Well, actually, that's not true. They did have that little bit in there with um, Finn Balor, but that's something we'll get into later, I guess. But as far as it goes, you know, it was retro John Cena after the last pay-per-view come out 
and did exactly what he did. He talked smack like he does. And then Roman Reigns does what he does, been what ha- uh, does what he's been doing best during this entire, you know, feud or career or whatever this chapter of his career is. And he's just dominating him. And he knows that he could beat anybody. And I fully expect that to be it. But I expect this to be a WrestleMania quality match between these two. Who wins? Roman Reigns. If John Cena wins this match, I will be shocked. Yeah, not now anyways. He'll get to 17th at some point, but it won't be be Saturday night. The only thing that I wish that they would have changed, so obviously that missionary line was gold. One of the best lines um, I've heard of a promo regardless. It doesn't matter whatever. That was beautiful. It was beautifully said. The the crowd was in. He had everyone pulled in at that moment, even after the wet chairs, right? The only thing I wish that would have been said, I know this is not the Rufus Aggression era or the Attitude era, I just wish that he said, hmm, if Cena had said, oh, so I'm missionary? Okay. Well, you know, Roman, you must be doggy style because you're currently bending over for Vince McMahon. That would have been oh. gold. That would have been gold if he had said that. But unfortunately, you know, we're in a different era. You know, <laughs> you know, kids have to go home happy and, you know, stuff like that. But, man, that would have been, that line would have went viral. I mean, the missionary line would have viral. Just that doggy style line would have went viral too. So, you know, we definitely have our quote already, you know, maybe 10 minutes into the show. <laughs> so this, this is great. <laughs> what, do, what do we think about the, uh, the promo this past, uh, on last, uh, last week's episode of SmackDown? Yeah, that's only that was missing. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was great. Asina said, all I have to do is stay in there with you and beat you one, two, three. Then I'm going to take that title. I'm going to jump the guardrail. I'm going to run through. I may even blow you a kiss. Like, I think that was perfect. That is the perfect way to grab people, especially with everything. And we'll talk about this later. That's going on in professional wrestling right now. That shows you that Cena knows what's going on. He understands how to still stay relevant, how to make this storyline relevant. And I, I, I do like that they're self-aware of what's going on, though. They're not playing stupid like they have in the past. Facts. They might be, but he isn't. I ha- I have to think for that for this feud between Roman and Cena, Vince just gave them complete control, uh, creative control. Just say, go out, do whatever you want to do. Just make me money. But there's a few matches on this card. Like I said, Ra- Reigns and Edge, not Reigns Edge, Rawls and Edge should be in that same category. You know, and I, I also love the fact that he said, he said, you almost ruined Seth Rollins and you ran Dean Ambrose out of here. It's like, whoa. Like, I run to have Renee, uh, when I have Renee found out she watched it. We know she still watches. So she might, I might say she, she might have got a good chuckle out of that one. Maybe. I think this is the first time in years that I won't be upset if Cena wins, but Roman, Roman should not lose. Yeah, not, not this time. Not yet. Uh, moving on, the, the next match on the card, as it's currently advertised, is for the Raw Women's Championship. It is uh, Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte Flair versus Rhea, uh, Ripley. I, I want to say to you right now, I love uh, Nikki's character. I think it's good that she came up with it herself. I think it's great that Vince rewarded her. I'm a Rhea guy. Rhea Ripley needs that belt for as long as possible because of the fact that we all we all know that Vince has these preconceived notions that if you have an accent you can't be a number one uh, star in terms of a promo but she is she's got everything she has the look she looks like a badass she can wrestle so I hope Rhea wins I expect Charlotte to win uh but Craig who, who do you think is gonna win this match when Nikki uh Nikki Cross debuted this new gimmick what was it? Two, three months ago at this point, I just assumed that she, I just assumed that this is going to be Mighty Molly all over again. That she was going to meddle in the mid card for the rest of her life. And then I saw her 
get added to the Money in the Bank match. And I figured, oh, well, they're just adding her like they added Jinder Mahal to that Money in the Bank match a couple of years ago. Yep. And lo and behold, she ends up winning it and cashing it in the next night and winning the Women's Championship. I didn't expect that. Nikki Cross is probably one of the greatest personalities backstage. And obviously, Vince has reward her, rewarded her of this. I'm I'm not sure about the gimmick because she keeps losing these matches and yep. but I think that she's going to find <laughs> a way to win this beat these uh beat these two. I think this is at least a hold for her for a while. Ray, what do you think? <laughs> I I don't I don't like it. I just this we we look we talked a little bit about this about off the air about what matches can are we looking forward to and not looking forward to. I'm not looking forward to it. Like, I'm sick of looking at Charlotte and Rhea. I'm sick of it. Like, and once again, Nikki Cross should have won champion as her insane gimmick. That's yep. what she should have won it as. That, sure. that's, that's what she should have did. And then maybe they could have had a little feud with Alexa Bliss. Like, that would have been crazy. Former tag team champions, best friends. Alexa Bliss turns on her. Like, there's so many other ways they could have went that it, it would have worked. But you, you make her as Mighty Molly 2.0. And, you know, like, oh, I'm almost a superhero and I'm now the Raw Women's Champion. Like, great. But it's like, listen, man, I love the fact that Rhea Ripley was being pushed last year into last year's WrestleMania when she was the NXT champion. I just think that they, I don't know, I feel like they're kind of burying her character too, so to speak. And I get it. They're trying to, you know, have her go to Charlotte because Charlotte is one of the best and not the best all uh, we've seen in quite some time in that division. But I don't know, man, I'm hoping that Rhea gets put over but i also don't if you're gonna if nikki loses i feel like that's probably the end of this character because you can't keep her you can't have her keep losing on tv the character just no longer becomes uh believable i just wish that they would you know this is a tale of all this time in wrestling right i just wish they would stop going back to the same you know performers over and over and over like for like i understand charlotte flair is who charlotte flair is and leah ripley is the next big thing mm-hmm. and there is just so much talent backstage that could why are they putting and we'll get into this with Mike in a little bit. Why are they putting Alexa Bliss wasting her in a feud with Eve Marie right now when she is probably one of the best wrestlers on the Raw roster, on the SmackDown roster, on the NXT roster, anywhere? They're just wasting her in a feud where I, where if, if I could put, if I could swap uh, Nikki Ash or whatever the hell her name is now out for uh, Alexa Bliss and flip flop them storyline wise, I would do that in a heartbeat. Because uh, I just I'm I'm with you, Ray. I'm just I'm not feeling Nikki Ash. Maybe it'll grow on me if it sells merchandise. If it sells things, obviously they're going to keep her exactly where they are. But I'm just I'm just, I'm not feeling it like I should. Yeah, I'm not either, and I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I'm not feeling it right. And, I, and I'm sure maybe there are some people that are uh, thinking that it can get over, and just to get by that that opportunity to see if we can get the character over. And you're right. If it sells merchandise, same thing with the New Day, right? Remember how the New yeah, Day? Exactly. You no, know, I hate I, the New Day in the and beginning. Then, and then the New Day, I was like, okay. I mean, I was a Kofi guy because I, you know, had watched him with Evan Bourne and some other guys. But you know, that original gimmick that they had was garbage, and yeah. it turned into the power of positivity, and it, it really just took off, right? So throwing pancakes everywhere. I love. Yeah. When, when the New Day, when the New Day first started, I hated it. But it took, it, it, you know, like a tumor, it took a while to grow on me. Right, <laughs> exactly. And this this was one that we're glad that tumor didn't grow away because they, <laughs> they, 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 they have been they have been awesome, one of the most decorated tag teams. But no, yeah, I mean, maybe, hopefully this is the return of Becky Lynch somehow, some way. 
you know, and I know, you know, obviously she's home with the baby. And as she mentioned on Twitter and money in the bank, yeah, I'm home at home breastfeeding, but I'm more over than you'll ever be even at home. So I thought that was a great jab. I think we'll get the return of Ronda Rousey at some point too. I know Lacey Evans. Oh, not anytime soon. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I hope that we can get us at some point. At some point, I think so. I, I like, yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm a fan. I was watching the uh, some SummerSlam greatest moments before we got on, and I remember that match she had with Alexa Bliss back in uh, you know 2018, and that's the same thing too, right? I'm, I'm, as much as I love Alexa Bliss, I got tired of her too in that 2017 2018 where yep. it was she was dominating the women's division for that for that year and some and some change. So I mean, I, I know Mike when it comes to women's wrestling, Mike is all about all uh, the blueprint, the standard. Uh, Sasha Banks, you know, I, you know, I love that she's back. And yeah, I know, I know she's awesome. I know. No, 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 she knows. Great. Sasha Banks, that's not where I was going with that. I'm excited to see her against Bianca Belair as well. So that brings us to uh, the next match that we, that we want to talk about here. And that is the SmackDown Women's Championship. But here's the thing, man. Uh, so it's Bianca Belair, the EST of WWE against the standard, the blueprint. And the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Now, she is my absolute favorite from Boston. But there have been complications over the last week where they have not been able to make house shows. So my first question is going to be, let's operate under the assumption that this match actually happens. How excited are you for it? Can it top their their WrestleMania match? And who wins? Right. So, I mean, I'm going with the EFC, like, once again, this is it's her time. Like once again, Sasha will have a moment again. She'll have another run. But right now, this is this should be the year of Bianca Belair. Like she, you know, she came in into last year's Royal Rumble in 2020. Yep. Dominated that one. She comes back this year. Obviously, they put her over and she wins that event. She ends up going on to win um in the main event of night one at WrestleMania. Like she put on a hell of a show, a hell of an athlete, um, hell of a character. She wasn't alone. Like she didn't put on a show. She was led in that match by probably the greatest women's wrestler of our generation. I mean, Bianca's no slouch, but I, I understand what you're saying. But yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she's no slouch. So it's like, you can't, you know, you, you have, your dance partner has to be good too. So we talk, we talk about it all the time. So she's seen the hell of, hell of a dance, uh, dance partner. You know, obviously it's not, it's not Sasha Bailey NXT 2015. Cause to me, that is the standard of a women's match. You know, it's hard to top that or even Sasha and Charlotte at the 2016 Hell in a Cell. Hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm right on that one. I knew it was one day they had so many matches, but you are that was lost and she lost. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, she had to pick the pay per view. Always lose pay per views, Lord. Yeah, that that is that is a wild streak. But no, yeah, like I said, I'm all over the place. But I feel like Bianca Belair should win. I, I love what she's doing right now, and I think that you know Sasha should continue to help put her over for now. And then, like I said, Budo, maybe they'll have their finale match at like SummerSlam or something like that. Craig, uh, let's let's assume that this match happens. Are you, how excited are you for it? Can it top Mania? And who do you think's going to win? So if you go back and listen to our old shows, you know that I'm not particularly the biggest fan of this feud because I felt like it was the most vanilla feud that I have ever heard of sometimes. It was just, as far as the promos went, it was just four months or however long it was. It was I'm the boss. I'm the best. I'm the boss. I'm the best. You're not the boss of me. No, I'm the best. It was just that, 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 back, 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 back. Once yeah. we actually got to the match, it was incredible. These are two of the best athletes in the WWE right now. You know, I, you know, if I was power ranking athletes right now, it would be Cesaro and then Bianca Belair. Uh, where does Sasha fall on that list? Uh, she's up there. Uh, pure, pure athletes. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, like deadlifting, powerlifting, whatever. Oh, uh, what, whatever. Moving on. 
the match from Mania was incredible, and I expect if it happens, this to top this match. Question is if it, if it happens. Well, hold on, don't, 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 don't ruin the the big market tease here. Who wins? Bianca. Okay. So uh, before we, we we move any further, I I just want to say I am so happy. I don't know what occurred to make this happen. But Vince is finally booking Sasha the way that she deserves to be booked because she is the, okay, she is a, a top three uh, talent on, on any roster. And she's a top three talent on the WWE roster. And for so long, she was overlooked. And again, in that entire 2016, 2017 run, she had won four Raw Women's Championships. She successfully defended zero of them. I'm going to say, and lost them immediately. Right. So now, at least they gave her the run that they gave her from December of last year through through WrestleMania. I think uh, a heel Sasha Banks is the best Sasha Banks because she's allowed to say what she wants on, on the microphone, and the fans are still going to pop. Like, we're still all going to love her for that. So I hope, this kills me, I hope Bianca wins. Uh, but more so, I hope that the match happens. And the reason that we're talking about that is that uh, there have been two house shows, one in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the other one in South Carolina, where neither Bianca nor Sasha were available. And the reason that, that their audience was given is that they were not there for unexpected circumstances. So, sounds like COVID, mm-hmm. smells like COVID, although you can't smell when you have COVID. <laughs> so, it, it might be COVID. If that is the case, my question would be, what do they do here, Ray? If they don't have if they don't have those two people there, and this has been advertised, and people would will be flocking into Allegiant Stadium to see it, do you insert Becky there? Is that when you drop a big surprise? Yep, I was I, I was telling you, yeah, I would go whoa. Yep, come, come on out, Becky, come on home. Yeah, listen, I miss you. <laughs> you know, I, I miss the man. You know, you know, I I can't. I'm dying for her to come back. So I think, yeah. You know, hey, calling up, hey, get, get the baby a couple of bottles, put them in the backstage with Seth, have her, have, have her come on out and, and go crazy. You know, it doesn't have to be a match just to say, hey, the man is back. And, you know, that could be enough fanfare as is. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, like I said, that's, that's not the case. And it's hopefully it's something where they, you know, I don't know what it is, but hopefully it's not tied to COVID, but I'm, I'm assuming it is, right? But I, feel, I also feel that would have been out there when they would have said that by now. Yeah, they, and they talked about it with Keith Lee. They they would have brought you know what I'm saying. Like they said about Keith Lee, so maybe it is something else. Maybe it's not. Yeah, but what, uh, just to be clear, when Keith Lee had it, that's when the majority of the other people out there could not get vaccines, and they were not readily available. So it was okay to promote that people had COVID. Now, with the vaccines being out there, I would assume as a publicly traded organization that they would want their wrestlers or superstars to be vaccinated. And the, the reason why I say this is. So you have the news of them not being at, at, at the events. And then we have other news from Dave Meltzer of Pro Wrestling Insider or, or wherever he's. Yeah. He says that now uh, WWE is mandating a 24-7 mask policy. So the two aren't mutually exclusive is, is, is all that, I, that, that I'm trying to draw the conclusion to. Perfect scenario, though, Craig, before you go. You know, uh, you, you have, uh, you have uh, Adam Pierce. And you have uh, what is her name? It's it's oh, Sonia Deville. Yes, Sonia Deville, the the New Jersey Devil herself, right? You they come out and they say that that this match cannot happen because of protocols. They really apologize, and then the man's music hits because I think that's the only way that you rectify this situation for the people that paid. Right, and if she cuts her promo, 
there's no protocol that can stop the man I'm back and I'm coming back from my spot. Perfect. Leaves the ring, drops the mic. That's right. And then, you know, and then boom, now we're, we're booking for 90 champions, whatever uh, pay-per-view comes after that. So Just like Edge, just a short term. Like I'm coming back for a title that I never lost. Well, yeah. I mean, or, or maybe you do, sick of the Edge, you do what you did with him a couple years ago, some of them, right? You know, have, a, you know, Lias came out there and then Edge's music hit in Toronto. You know, it kind of, okay, well, could he come back? Should he come back? It looks great. You know, so maybe that's what they do, right? You know, she comes out and then next thing you know, uh, maybe she comes back in the Royal Rumble, you know, for 2022. So, you know, who knows? But the, the, the possibilities are endless. But uh, at the end of the day, all three of us and most wrestling fans alike, uh, most kayfabe critters, I'm going to keep putting that out there. Keep cheap, cheap, uh, cheap, uh, cheap pop. Love it. Right here, right, right here in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, we all want, you know, Sasha versus you know, Bianca. That's the, that's the thing. You know, so. uh, next thing. Uh, so we, I, I kind of jumped around because this match is so important to me, but. So we have the uh, the WWE Championship match versus the almighty Bobby Lashley, who, by the way, I think this run is absolutely incredible, versus the 54-slash-55-year-old Goldberg. Goldberg. So how do we feel about this match, right? And I, mean, I think Bobby Lashley is going to win, but have they done a good enough job telling you that Goldberg could hold his own. No, and I don't think they ever do that. I don't think you have to do that with Goldberg. And I feel like, and this is bad news for Bobby Lashley, I feel like... Ray, you got pale. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I feel like this is going to be the match that opens up SummerSlam. And that is bad news for Bobby Lashley because that means that Goldberg is coming into that ring. He is spearing Bobby Lashley. He is jackhammering Bobby Lashley and he is leaving with that belt. No, no, no. You, do you actually believe that? I didn't think he'd be Brock Lesnar. That was five years ago. Yeah, and he's still Goldberg. So, so Craig, are you saying this is going to be Atlanta, Georgia 2.0? Is that what you're saying? What do you mean? Remember, so he won, he won the title in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Does what you said. Comes in, he spears, spears you a couple of times. Throws a jackhammer. I, I promise you, there may be fans that throw stuff in the ring, just like they did in Atlanta, Georgia that night. Drops the jackhammer. <laughs> one. Two, three, and then you hear, and you're new. I, 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 I really hope not, but Craig's probably not wrong, honestly. Like, I, I, I only say that because that's the way his matches traditionally go. Okay, okay, let's just take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath, though. What, what, was, the, what was the last match that Goldberg won, Craig? It was probably against, it, it was probably against the Fiend at one of those uh, Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. Okay. Yes. Again. So that, but that was to drop the belt to Roman Reigns, who stayed home because of COVID. Uh, Correct. Right. So, oh, Braun Strowman. No, bro, I mean Braun Strowman. That match. I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did drop it to Braun Strowman at Mania, but that was supposed to be Roman. Yeah, it was supposed to be Roman. Yeah. Spear versus spear. But then COVID happened, right? But uh, aside from Bray Wyatt and Dolph Ziggler at at SummerSlam the year before, I forgot about that. Oh my God. He <laughs> lost to Taker. He lost to Brock. I mean, he. I think he's uh, what what Paul Heyman wants, and 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 what Vince wants uh, reportedly is to have him as like the the bait Ruth, right? To come back, make people believe. Which he, by the way, for a fifty four year old, he does a really good job of that. There there are very few times where, where he's in the ring with someone when I say to myself, uh, I don't think he can do it. The, uh, the, however, I think Bobby Lashley is that. The, 
Bobby Lashley should eat him for lunch. And if so, I think the opening match is going to be the match we're going to talk about next. But if this is the opening match, then yes, Craig, I do think Goldberg wins. So I'm, I, I that's so wrong. That's so bad. Like, it's actually the worst. No, but that, yeah, that's so, that's that booking is so bad. Like, don't, like, Vince, I listen, I know you know what's the show, bro, but please, man, like, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't end, don't end the run like this. Like, don't, you don't book Goldberg to wrestle. No, I know that, but it'd be like, don't make that the opening match. Please don't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be so pissed on Saturday. If, he, if I hear his music drop and I'm, I'm going to be like, Craig, like, you bastard, like, you, <laughs> like, you, you, you did this, Craig. You, you, you spoke this into existence. I really hope that's, I let that be the second or third match where no one's going to remember. Like, just don't make it be the opening match. Please, please, Vince, don't do this. He does have the ability to make a short match memorable. I mean, his match against, uh, against uh, Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble was exactly what it should be. They had all that crap that happened before the bell rang where he spared him through the, the barrier cave. That was great. But at the end of the day, you know, McIntyre is a younger, stronger guy. Something like that should happen with Lashley, in my opinion. What I would do, but they kind of ruined that on, on Raw, uh, you know, on Monday, is if you have Goldberg spear Lashley, I would have Lashley no-sell it. Like, don't go down. Then what? Then what do you do? Because spear is spear son. <laughs> they should have Lashley look like a million dollars because perceivably he's going to lose at some point in time. I, I, now, I personally believe this incarnation of Bobby Lashley with MVP, they have legs. You should like he should not lose until you have the next guy because he is the right guy to hold that belt right now. I know this is the thing, right? So remember when he came back in 2018? Oh, with the headband and did, yeah, yeah, with the headband. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> just showing his ass to everybody. Right, but Ray, Ray, basically put him the same, talked about, oh, like, you know, no one remembers you when you walked away, you quit 12 years ago type thing. I want to see champion versus champion at, at, at some, at Survivor Series. So I don't want, I don't want to lose to that. I'm sorry. That's a meaningless match. No, but I, 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 don't, I don't care. I want to see you. Especially when the guy, like, you know, how they build out. What do you mean? When H.H. Styles fought Brock Lesnar, did you thought that was meaningless too? That was a hell of a match. Yeah, but that was against. All right, so AJ could have like you. He could afford to lose that match. Bobby cannot take a pin from Roman, and Roman cannot take a pin from Bobby. I think Bobby could take a pin. Yeah, you get in the squad. That's fine. The bloodline could come in. You know, and that's fine. Just other ways to make them both look strong at the end of that. I just want to see the match happen now with them guys. In the, in, the, in the era that they're in right now. Because like I said, MVP being the mouthpiece is, is phenomenal. Like, I mean, this is, this is I, I didn't know where he was going when he came back last year. And, you know, they started the Hurt Business. And yeah, I mean, I, I hated that, you know, Cedric Alexander and Shelter Benjamin had to kind of fall by the wayside. I, hate, I hated to see that part. But yeah, what he's done with Lashley over the last year has been, you know, I mean, no pun intended, but straight gold. <laughs> and, you know, this is great. It's awesome to see. Personally, best case scenario for me out of this is Lashley beats Goldberg handily. I said on Raw, uh, MVP and him cut a promo about how there's just nobody left for him to beat. He's beat everybody. And then you hear Brock Lesnar's music hit. And now it's, and now it's on. Now, I would still have Brock lose, by the way. But that, I think you, you can sell that. Those are two legitimate MMA fighters, wrestlers, collegiate wrestlers. That's what you want to see. There's no, there's no way... There's no way Vince has Brock come back <laughs> to to go to lay down. No way. Uh, he brought Brock back after eight years to lay down to Cena. That's different. Lashley ain't Cena. <laughs> Cena, Cena is the. Right, you made Lashley Cena though. This is it. Yeah, but he, he's not. He, 
Last year's like in his mid forties. You're not looking to make him seem like this one. Look, I, I, I'm sorry. Sorry for those the younger fans that think that last year's a lot younger. <laughs> He's been around. He was the ECW champion. He was around at WrestleMania Fricker 22. Watch that match for with Vince, the hair versus hair with Donald. Like, listen, he's been here for a long time. Okay. Um, sorry, sorry to burst that bubble. Uh, sorry to break the kayfabe. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> so see what so as has how Cena said, see your fourth wall. You know, but <laughs> um. Yeah, you're not looking to make him that guy. Like, this is no, to me, this is no different than what we saw in 2017 when Jinder Mahal became champion, right? This is a better run than Jinder's, in my opinion, but that's a whole other subject yep. for another day. But yeah, so I, I don't know, but I, I think, yeah, there's no way that he comes, that Brock comes back to, to lay it out. Not, not right away, anyways. Like, that wouldn't be, I think that they would have a few going back and forth going that led, that led it to WrestleMania the next year. The, the match that I think uh, is going to open the show is the match we should talk about next, which I think, just based in WWE storytelling, uh, aside from uh, Roman versus Cena, I think it's going to open the show. I think it's I think it's the best story that's been told. It's Edge versus Seth Rollins. I think this match not only has the ability to, to be the match of the night, it has the ma- it, it, it can steal the show. I don't think it would be surprising if this was the best wrestling match of the night. But here we have uh, the rated R superstar Edge, who's fresh off. I think that this run over the last two years has been exactly what he needed it to be. No one questions his ability to work. Uh, it's still believable. And and then this Seth Rollins feud, you can always tie back to 2014 when he was standing over him and Cena had to reinstate the authority to power or Seth said he was going to uh, st- stomp on his stack of dimes neck. So if, I, if again, Edge, Edge doesn't need any, he, he does not need any more victories in reality. He's already a Hall of Famer, right? So he doesn't need to win. If I'm booking this match, I, I have Seth Rollins cheat to win, but Seth Rollins goes over. Craig, what do you think? I think that this match has been a very, very appropriately booked. Yep. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins thought he almost guaranteed himself that he was going to win Money in the Bank. He didn't end up winning it. And then he goes for the next guy who took who we felt took his spot. Just coming for edge. And I just, I, I felt like out of all of these matches, every single one of them, I don't care from championship to the mid card or to the lower card, this has probably been the best booked or built match out of all of them. It's just traditionally booked very well. And I'm very happy about that. Who wins? I'm going to say Seth Rollins. I'm going to say Seth Rollins wins this. Even though Ed, I think Edge needs to win more, I still think that Seth Rollins ends up winning it. Ray? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't do it like Tony Chimbo, but I'm going over the I'm going with the Rated R superstar. That was that was awesome at Beth Phoenix. It was all uh, speech when she came when he came with that. That was great. But yep. sorry. <laughs> you know, yep. that was awesome. No, but uh no, I mean, but you know why it was appropriately booked, uh, Craig. Like there's something different about those attitude ever guys. They know how to build a story. Yep. They they just do. So the attention look in the eye for a promo, the him letting Seth get his stuff in, say it out, and then say it back. Like that to me, that's how you build. So Edge knows how to tell a story. Cena knows how to, like those guys in the era know how to tell a story. And then Seth Rollins just happens to be one of the newer guys that knows how to tell a story too. So that's why it comes together perfectly. And I mean, Seth Rollins has been the standard for opening matches. So I feel like you better have a damn good match after that if they if they do open it. Because when he opens up a match, it's been a classic. I mean, I know he didn't open the 33. That was that was him with the Triple H, but... He opened at 31? He opened at 31. That was a hell of a match. And when he opened up in 
Thirty. Uh, at that, at, no, but also thirty-four though. When they won, when he won the Intercontinental Championship, won the Grand Slam uh, title. I know if I was there, and it was crazy. The crowd was went nuts. Oh, then then he also number thirty-five too. Oh yeah, 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 Rock. Yeah, against Rock. Yes. So yeah, he delivers opening matches. So you better have a damn good follow to that if that's the case, because he's going to deliver. So is Edge. But I mean, I'm going with the Radar Superstar. Um, not because I think he needs to win. I just think that Edge gets gets put over, and it, we'll still have a few going on with them for the next few months, and then you know, and maybe conclude at the at the Royal Rumble. Uh, next match. I, I mean, I I really I think that this match is going to be a great one. Uh, but I think it's okay. So it's the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It's the Usos versus the Mysterios. The problem here is, is I love the Usos. I love this incarnation of the Usos. I also, I mean, you're a terrible person. If you don't like Rey Mysterio and Dominic has done everything he needs to do to prove that he belongs in that ring. So I think this should be a, a great tag team contest. The scary part for me though, is that Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling anymore. I don't think, I don't think that he loves it. I don't think he cares about it. If, if they give this 15, 16 minutes, it, it will steal the show. But I think that the Usos need to retain their titles be, because the bloodline storyline of them having all the belts going into what I think will be the rock coming in at Survivor Series. They need to have the most momentum possible. So my my hope is that the Usos win, but I, I, I it's hard to it's hard for me to root against uh, against Ray. Craig? Yeah. If you hit the nail on the head, this is pretty much as far as the bloodline story, I don't see them changing them much, you know. The Myster- the Mysterios thing was good. It had a lot of legs. Especially that Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns in Hell in the Cell. I enjoyed that. That was good. Uh, but as far as this match goes, I don't I don't really it it's it'll probably be a great wrestling match. It'll probably be fun to watch, but I think the the outcome's pretty much baked into the pie at this point. I don't see the Usos losing this one even close. Maybe some false finishes, of course, but I think, you know, heading into next year's WrestleMania, you know, the road's already paved. So go with me here for a second. I'm I'm gonna say something kind of wild. What if Dominic's the reason? Oh no, not not Dominic. Sorry, that Ray is the reason they lose the match, and Dominic turns on him after. I think that would be great. I'm here for that. I I, I, I think that would be phenomenal. We've we saw Father something obviously with Vincent and Shane back in the early 2000s. I think that would be phenomenal. The problem here though is not to uh, not to cut you off. Dominic can't, but he, like, as we currently have seen it, he can't talk. No. So if you're going to be a heel, you have to have at least, a, a, you, you have to have uh, a manager or you have to be able to, to do work on the stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dominic would have to be the heel on that story, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, all like, you know, from stuff with Eddie and Vicky and mom and Aaliyah, like there's so many things that they could kind of pull from that. And, you know, you not being there and, you know, I'm better than you'll ever be type thing. And, you know, you know, that did this. So there's so many things they can go with. I, I would love to to see that. But yeah, he would have to get better on on the mic. I was just thinking from a pure wrestling standpoint. Yeah. That's what I would think. I don't think of, I don't always think about the mic, but I understand uh, that's hence. That's why Randy Orton was kind of put on the back for a while because Randy wasn't always the greatest on the mic. Yeah. Um, over except for the last two years that he said on the on Stone Cold um uh, Stone session, but yeah. So I mean, yeah, that would be great. But um, yeah, the Usos should definitely win. 
mirrored for the Uso Penitentiary. You know, that's not what they're going by now. I know, I, you know, but I still think of the you know, Dow says day one. I actually need to give me a t-shirt because I, I love that. Uh, I didn't know that they even had that music for about four or five years now. I, I didn't yeah. think it was that long, but you know, I, I just saw that match with the New Day from SummerSlam 2017. I mean, I hope we have a segment about favorite matches too, because if not, I'm going to bring it up. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Uso, yeah, great, perfect. So yeah, the, the Uso should definitely go over. Um, like I said, you got to keep them like the evolution thing back in 03, right? Everyone got to leave with the gold. It's a different thing. It's a diff- different storyline, but you know, you got to walk away with the gold. You got to show who's boss and who's on top. Playing off of the, of what you just said, there is a way to make this work that they could tie in a couple years worth of storyline. So let's say that Seth and Edge open the show, right? And let's say that because they planted the seed on SmackDown uh, either last week or a couple weeks ago where uh, Ray was yelling at Dominic to pay attention and Dominic still won. What if Ray pushes him and says, you're not ready. And then we get a backstage clip of, of Dominic talking to Seth. Because that's, the, that, that's gold right there. That can reignite the entire storyline from when uh, Seth blinded uh, Ray last year. And now it's, we could get Dominic versus Ray at some point in time. I think that's the way out if they want to do it. Ray wouldn't be a heel in that situation. He'd be a stern father, like scolding his son, like telling him to keep his eyes open. And Dominic could still play the, I know what I'm doing. He doesn't believe in me. And Seth says, I believe in you. Oh, I like that devil's advocate, Mark. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, 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 no, that, uh, listen, man. Listen, I mean, you got to be listening, man. Like, listen, you, you got three guys here that can write for you on the spot. You're talking to Attitude Era fans, rubbing the best ever wrestling outside the 80s in the NWA. Shout out to Dusty Rose and Rick Flair. Uh, but yeah, that's perfect booking. And like, we know what we're talking about. We know what the fans are walking because we're fans ourselves, right? So, you know, K-Fair crazy, we're here to stay. So there are a few matches here on the card that I think are meaningless, that race it will be good matches. We'll go through them. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. Uh, you, you just talked about one. <laughs> I, but I love both of those guys. You had the U.S. Championship, Sheamus versus Damian Priest. I love Sheamus. I thought that his match, I think that hit that he and Drew McIntyre should have a real feud at WrestleMania because their match was it uh was it Fastlane? That their match in the yeah. Thunderdome was unbelievable. It was that was WrestleMania worthy. I think Sheamus is at the top of his game. Damian Priest is is, is is a good hand. I don't think he's great on the mic. I think uh I think it'll be a good match, but I don't particularly care about it. I I, I hope that Sheamus wins, right? Yeah, listen, I'm I'm a big uh Damian Priest sold me at WrestleMania. Sold me. I'm over like I saw a little bit of NXT, but I'm like, when I saw him at WrestleMania with Bad Bunny against Mez and John Morrison, I was like, okay, this guy, he 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 has it. And it's I once again, I and I, I keep going using references from the old school, but how perfect would it be? Because it seems like he has that this type of character. Can we make a new brood of type character with him being the leader? That, I, I think that would be awesome. I don't know who they put with them. I have no idea who they put with them. But I think him being a little like a new brew type thing, I think that would be crazy. And once again, Michael Hayes is still there. He's the originator. They're like, you know, talk to hey, hey, Mike, talk to him backstage about what, you know, what worked with the Hardy Boys and what worked with Game Grell and, and Edge and Christian. Like, that to me would be phenomenal. And Damian Priest kind of reminds me of a young Edge as well. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that's why... Um, so, so yeah, and once again, Seamus is a hell of a worker too. So why wouldn't it be a good match? Like, is it going to be the best match on the card? No, but am I going to be entertained by it? Because I think Seamus is a great worker and I'm a fan of what Damian Priest has done so far. I think he'll, in projecting what he'll do uh, in the future. So I, I think it's going to be a good match. 
obviously not going to steal the show, but something I'm going to be not going to grab my popcorn or go and get water or go into the bathroom. They'll probably do it at leaving stadium. Uh, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be locked in. And, you know, since you asked me who's going to win, if you didn't ask me, I'm going to answer. I got Damian Priest uh, going over. Craig, you need someone. This, this Seamus United States Championship run has been so oddly booked. Because I've been watching it since the beginning. I understand he got injured, but it's just been so weirdly booked. He he tried to do the United States Championship uh, thing like John Cena did a number of years ago. That didn't end up going his way. He kept on facing the same guy over and over and over. And it just didn't go. And then just to insert Damian Priest, who I love, who I think is going to end up winning this match, is Sheamus has done nothing with that title. I think Damian Priest could do more with it. It's just been a weird feud. And you had Damian on that thing with the Miz on Monday, then uh, suddenly, oh, he's facing Sheamus this week for the championship. It's just been weirdly booked. Uh, I expect it to be a good match, but I think Damon Priest takes it and actually does something with that belt. I do think that, it's, that it is WWE's fault that we feel this way, that I feel this way about Damian Priest because they booked him into an oblivion with, with that fucking zombie thing at, at, back, at WrestleMania Backlash. That was terrible. No one should ever have to do that. It was the match... That they did in NXT between Dexter Loomis and... Yeah, except except Vince made a million dollars off having the zombies because of the paid partnership with Petit Correct. New Movie. Oh, uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, next match, uh, McIntyre versus Mahal. The, the We get two out of the three members of 3MB uh, battling each other. Does anybody care about this match? And is, is there any reason as to why McIntyre should not win, Ray? So you got me. I, I don't care about this match. You're right. I don't care. I don't. But I, I'm. I Drew McIntyre has won me over. I wasn't a fan when he came back a few years back after you know. And he, I know he had his match at WrestleMania 35 against um I guess Roman Reigns. But yeah, this run from 2020 to now, winning the championship a few times, and he's gotten better on the mic as well too, and yep. you know made his character a lot more believable. It really does now look like the chosen one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I don't care for the match, but Drew should be the guy that goes over. I actually want to see another run at some point. I, I think he was that good a champion last year. Him, him and Randy had a great feud. You know, yeah, you know, I wasn't here for him at last year, although they were great dance partners. But yeah, I'm, I'm here for Drew winning um, on most occasions, but I'm, I'm here to see him win on Saturday. Yeah, I feel the same way. I said Drew McIntyre did great at the top of the card, but uh, for a guy like him, he can only be up there for so long before it just kind of gets stale. And, you know, Mike was talking earlier, Vince in his accents, he doesn't love people at the top of uh, accents for that long. So he needs a, a little trip to the mid card. He's going to face Jinder Mahal, I assume, longer than this match. I assume this feud will go on for a couple more months. Uh, I actually think Jinder Mahal will win this match just because I assume there will be some kind of shenanigans and Drew McIntyre will probably chop somebody up with a sword. But this match does nothing for me. It's a standard mid-feud wrestling match. I hate that you're right, so we're just going to move on. Yeah. Raw Tag Team Championship, uh, AJ Styles and Omas versus RK Bro. Oh, I love Randy Orton and, and Riddle. Matt Riddle is his name. I, but I love, I love their pairing. I think they're perfect with each other. So I love AJ Styles. Anything he does turns to gold. He was put in a bad position back at WrestleMania 33 against uh, against Shane. Nobody thought that match was going to be worth anything. And they stole the show that night. They stole the show in Orlando. Bad match that Shane had at WrestleMania. Uh, he hasn't. 
Right. So, so to say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, because it wasn't a no holds barred match, it was a regular wrestling match. So they put those two in the confines of a regular, he, he couldn't go, he, he could have been counted out. He could not jump off the Titan Tron, jump off the stage. Right. But even in those confines, they still had a hell of a match. Everything AJ does turns to gold. I think this match could be great. Um, I'm pulling for RK, bro. Right. Yeah, I mean, I am too. Like, I mean, Amos has gotten considerably better from what we saw even at WrestleMania. I mean, he moves a lot quicker. Honestly, this is where, like, you know, the old school uh, theory with big men in WWE, because Undertaker says it, Kevin Nash says it, you could tell that they've been embedded in, the, in their brains that less is more. I I think Amos is kind of like how Big Show was back in the day. Yep. He can, I, I think he could drop kick. I think he could jump over stuff, but they're just like, you know, less is more, you know, move slow. You know, don't go too fast. You know, um, same thing with Braun Strowman too. I think he's even more talented than what Braun Strowman was. And that's saying, but I, I like Braun Strowman, but I think he could do more than what Braun Strowman was doing, right? So, I mean, like I, AJ Styles, you you can't help but, you know, get something from AJ being there next to him, driving with him on the road, doing stuff with him in the Thunderdome. Like, they definitely became... Vince was right to put a Moss with him uh, for, for the time being. So, Vince did a Moss at all when they're in that regard. But it's time. It's time, brother. It's over. Like, it's time. Let, 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 yeah, let, let, uh, you know, let, let the, let the arcade roll. They, they can go on a serious run, I feel like. I know, yep. you know, I know Randy Orton definitely is someone that likes to do stuff alone, but it's just something special when he gets together with certain tag teams. Like, uh, I didn't care for Legacy as much. I mean, that was more of a little faction, but that was, uh, Cody and, and, and uh, DiBiase's son. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. All right, like, and it was a million dollar dream there, whatever, fine. That, you know, it was more like a million dollar nightmare, anyways, in my opinion, anyways, outside of the feud they had with, uh, Vincent uh, and, and Triple H, but yeah, I mean this this, this this that was a gold nugget and a pile of crap. The home, yeah, the the home invasion aspect of that was yeah, 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 it was phenomenal, right? But I'm saying like that, but I just I think that uh, like you said, they have something there with with Riddle and, and him, and it's the perfect blend. It just makes me think maybe they should do something with Rob Van Dam back in the day, but you know, we'll just oh, you know, uh, well, he did do something with Kane, but that's a whole different character. But he also put belts on Rob Van Dam in 2006, and then he got pulled yep. over with, with pills in his car. So, like, he did, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, you know, well, he stole the whole damn show, you know, but <laughs> he was one of my favorites. But, anyways, but we can do it. That's another time, another show. But, yeah, RK Bro should, should be put over. I would love to see him going out of the run as tag team champions and just see different vignettes they're going to do with having him as champions. And, you know, Brandy, I miss you, bro. It's like, give me, it's so, it's so, it's so good. Yeah, it's perfect. It's great. I also believe, uh, right before you go, Craig, that if they do this properly, they should have Riddle turn heel on Randy Orton. Oh, for sure. That should be the move to plays into next WrestleMania because Randy can do anything and no one's going to expect Riddle turning heel on him. So that's what I would do. But in this match, in this context, uh, Craig, who do you have? Who do you want? Uh, well, the supposed long-term booking of this is Randy Orton and Riddle being t- attacking for a rather long time. So I, I totally expect that, you know, based on what we just saw, you can't tell me what we saw based on Monday and the couple of, in the week before that, that they're going to do that and not have them walk out of SummerSlam tag team championships. I think as far as Umas and AJ Styles goes, that's a good feud right there for them that they could possibly do. Omos, I, you know, the criticism of him was he was super green and he was a bad talker. He's looked better since WrestleMania. I think that could yeah. be I think that could be a good feud. Maybe not necessarily AJ Styles versus Omos, but that's a good feud in the making right there. 
But I, I, I do think at the end, you know, there's no way, there's no conceivable way that I can imagine Randy Orton and Riddle not locking out with the tag team champion. So I, I think what happens, so to, to add on that, Craig, I think that's a good idea. It's, it's almost like you're a longtime wrestler fan. <laughs> Did Stone Cold pull the gun on Vince McMahon in the middle of the ring? Right, exactly. Bang, you know? I thought he was really going to shoot him. I, I did too. I think that if you, they should be champions up until the Royal Rumble, right? They both go the Royal Rumble match. Riddle actually eliminates Randy Orton, right? They drop the titles maybe the next night, whatever, maybe next pay-per-view. And then that's when you target them. They build, oh, so pro, you know, I thought you were X, Y, and Z. Bam, hits, hits him with the slipper, whatever, as he jumps off. And the next thing you know, that sets up for WrestleMania, Riddle versus Randy Orton. Now they told a hell of a story. I think that would be perfect, honestly. So hopefully it happens. We have two more uh, left of the card. Uh, we have Alexa Bliss versus, versus Eve Marie. Uh, I, I think Willie's going to interfere in this match. I don't think it's going to be anything. Alexa should win. So bad. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, so bad. Do we, do we I, don't think there, I don't think there is going to be a winner in this match. Well, the the fans will be losers, I promise you. Yeah. Should, should we spend any more time on this? No. Ne- next. <laughs> me, me and Ray were talking about this earlier. Alexa Bliss is the position that she should, that uh, Nikki should be in right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They gave someone else's gimmick to somebody else. You're right. Yeah. This is Brave Wyatt's gimmick. Now, uh, the, the next match, which has not been confirmed yet, but is rumored to be confirmed this week, is Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Uh, if this happens, I don't. It's not confirmed yet, but let's just say that it does. It I love both. I love both of them, but I really love. I mean, talk about turning a uh, turning uh, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Baron Corbin has done so well with this whole gimmick about losing all of his money because he's no longer the king. I think it's actually entertaining. Uh, they're in it, but they're in a tricky spot here, which is not unbecoming of WWE. They always put themselves into a corner where they have someone returning to the main roster that needs a win like Finn Balor against someone like Baron Corbin, who is hard-pressed for... I mean, he needs a win, too. I would pick Baron Corbin in, in this instance. Real quick, Lightning. Ray, who do you got in this match, if it happens? Well, it will. I'm going to go with Baron Corbin. I just think, they, like I said, he, he, he definitely he needs a more defense. Finn, Finn's fan base, like, it's... I mean, I went nuts when I saw him come back. So, like, Finn, Finn's going to be fine. He, he can win another another pay per view on Raw or SmackDown, whatever show he chooses to be on. Like that to me, um, it's fine. But yeah, uh, you know, gun to my head as you always say, gun to my head. I'm I'm going with uh, you know, he should go back to his gimmick at some point. I'm going with the Lone Wolf, Baron Corbin. You know, this is gonna sound weird, but I think Baron Corbin needs a loss more. <laughs> I think I think, and it's the cost that might work in this feud right now. It's just pure comedy gold. And that's where it is right now. Maybe he, I, I think that what they're kind of going with this, uh, based on last Friday night, Smackdowns are kind of going with the feud between him and big E. And, uh, I, I'm, 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 I, I don't like Baron Corbin. I, I hated the lone wolf gimmick. I hated the authority Baron Corbin. Just watching Baron Corbin, just groveling at people's feet for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. However much has just been so entertaining. And Vince knows a good act. Imagine, though. Imagine, like, asking, just just casually asking, hey, you know, we got $100,000 to him to do that. I'm like, it's like, really, sir? But, you know, I was telling to my boy, uh, my boy, Kim, 
he I, I forgot about this uh this storyline back in the day. He said he said this current Baron Baron Corbin storyline reminds me of what happened with Tim White years ago. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I I I I I forgot about that. Yeah, minus the suicides, but yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So I was I was I said, oh yeah, I, I I forgot about that completely. But yeah, that was hilarious. Him taking a bath of the toaster was one of the best things that WWE.com ever put out. I mean, it was hysterical. So that's not why that's not why but before we move on to some other <laughs> to some other wrestling news, I love it. Uh, I owe it to all of our listeners and, and and to the panel here that we have tonight, just to talk about the greatest SummerSlam matches of all time in their minds. Can I go first? I mean, we we already know what your pick is, so you should go last. Okay. All right. So Ray, you go first. Yeah, we we know we. I actually, I, I probably know what I, I probably know what two pick, new matches you pick. Many no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. It's not a prediction spoil, right? I'm gonna go with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Where he was he was Triple H by then, but Triple H in the Rock '98 SummerSlam ladder match for the IC title. I, that match was phenomenal to me. Quite possibly the worst ladder match in WWE history. But That's yeah. fine, but I I, I, was, I enjoyed it. You know, Mark Henry and China was evolving on, on the sidelines, and you know, uh, it, it was real to me. Damn it, and I, I enjoyed. <laughs> I, I still enjoyed that match. I, I was glad that Triple H went over because I was a Triple H guy at that time. You know, the you know, and like I said, that that propelled kind of both of them into you know, it was kind of mid card both at that time, and then they kind of uh, rose to to superstar right at, right shortly after that. And then another match for me, I think we brought this guy up before, but I'm like, uh, I'm like, you know, he's no longer alive, and he's not able to be mentioned on the WWE Network. But Once more, oh four. You know, we'll just say when I was I liked when Randy Orton became. The youngest world champion. No, sit here. We're, we're not on, on the WWE Network on Peacock. Sit. Okay, I, oh, got you. Okay, so when he defeated Chris Benoit at at SummerSlam 2004 to win the world championship was one of um the coolest matches I've seen. I mean, there one more from you. This wasn't a great match. Was he done the Triple H return SummerSlam 07? Him against Booker T, the King Booker gimmick. You know, it was cool. Yeah, squash match. Yeah, but you know, but which that always happens with them too. But that's all another. Topic for another day, but those, those are a few matches that come to my mind. There's more, but I'll take it over to Craig. Okay, Craig. So I have these. I believe there are two. I believe uh, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena squash was a SummerSlam match, right? Yep, that was amazing. That was amazing because nobody, everyone was expecting that to be a wrestling match. Everyone was expecting to be John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, and it was just going to be a phenomenal wrestling match. Turns out John Cena got destroyed. And it was so nice to see because John Cena was at the height of his douchebaggery at that point. And it was just so nice to see him swatch. Other one, 1998, Highway to Hell, SummerSlam, Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Loved it. I mean, the, the spot uh, of the leg drop off the, tur- uh, off the turnbuckle to the table, that was excellent. Okay, so my, I think Ray knows this. You might know it too, Craig. My number one greatest SummerSlam match of all time is 2002. It is the return it is the return of the heartbreak hit Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. versus Triple H. Four years gone, an unsanctioned fight. Oh yeah, that was a jeans fight, right? Yeah, he walks out, he, he's walking through the curtains in jeans and Art Anderson says, you know, this isn't like riding a bike. Then he goes out to have a 43-minute long match with Triple H where he does all the most insane shit. And on the way back through the curtain, Art Anderson said, well, I guess it is like riding a bike for you. Four years gone. That's number one. Uh, number two, so I have three. 2013. CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar. Go back and watch that. Uh, the story that they told with uh, with Heyman being the the, enemy, uh, like the guy for both of them uh, that was uh, that was at the end of Punk's run in WWE. But that match was absolutely incredible. Uh, and the third one, Trish versus Charlotte. 
Oh wow! Oh yeah, that's that, that's not that's not where I thought she was going. But okay, if you don't recognize the level of just how great Trish Stratus truly is for her to come back in 2019 and put on again, you have to have a great dance partner, and Charlotte is that. But after what was it at that point in time? Was it 13 years since the last time she had a singles match in WWE? She retired young, okay, in 2006. Yeah, take care of her mom. Only, only in her. Missouri, I think. Yeah, took took care of Mickey James too. Yep. <laughs> but but in Toronto, that that match was incredible. It, and just middle of the match, when you hear the crowd chant, you still got it. And she takes a bow to them. That's what wrestling. That, that's what wrestling is all about in its purest form. Right. It's moments like that. So before we wrap up, we are all WWE loyalists. We admit that. We would be hard pressed to close this show without talking about the fact that there is a real possibility that SummerSlam is not the biggest event of this week, never mind the summer, because all elite wrestling, AEW is running an event in Chicago on Friday, their second episode of Rampage, and CM Punk is rumored to show up. So my question would be, does this overshadow? Uh uh, SummerSlam and how big of an impact do you think now in 2021 can can CM Punk have in the wrestling landscape? Ray, you go ahead. So, I mean, I listen, I've been clamoring for CM Punk to come back into wrestling, period. Like, it didn't matter what, what happened to happen. So, it could have been Impact, it could have been Ring of Honor, it could have been T, like, whatever, it could have been WWE, whatever, right? He still would demand. You know, he still would be a draw. He's still a draw. Like, hey, he's been gone for seven years and people still hijack the show and yell, CM Punk, CM Punk. Like, I listened to Cults of Personality on the regular and I didn't even know who the hell Living Color was before that was the theme song. But I still, I listened to that group just because of, of, of him. So it's just like, he's he's awesome. Like, he's everything. Like, he's, he's the anti Cena. he's the anti you know, establishment sort of speak. So that's what made it work for him. Does it overshadow him? No, it doesn't overshadow. Listen, man, un- until we get a point, like it was in the mid nineties where AEW is taking, the, is taking over, you know, ratings weeks or taking over pay-per-view buys or whatever you want to call it. Ticket sales, like they're not on, they're not on WWE's level. Like this, they've been around for too long at this moment. So it would be a nice story. We'd love to see CM Punk come back. You know, I, to me, it's a little oversaturated over there at AEW. But once again, I sound like a WWE lawyer as opposed to just a wrestling fan in general. But yeah, I, I would love to see CM Punk come back into the ring and, you know, go against someone like Orange Cassidy or MGF or who knows, maybe another even, you know, him against the pain maker. It, like, it's got to be Darby Allen. Yeah, but I, it, yeah. It, 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 to me, it, it should be Orange Cassidy or Kenny Omega. That, that's just me. That's just me. That's what it should be. Because that's what he, his name demands you to put him against that type of talent. Like, not to say that Darby Allen is not to the X, but Orange Cassidy, who I, I think is maybe, he might be top 10 in the business, regardless of where he's at. And then, you know, you know, obviously, you know, he had that feud with Jericho at WrestleMania 28. But, you know, obviously Jericho will come back as the paymaker. You know, there's, there's different ways to kind of put, than in there. So yeah, I, I, would, I would like, even MGF, that would be awesome. You know what I'm saying? Something, something like that. Any Anything with those guys would be gold. So yeah, like I said, it doesn't overshadow, but I, I hope they, I hope he does uh, come back and I welcome him to come back because that means it'd be more competition. So I'm here for it. Greg, as someone who has readily admitted that he doesn't watch uh, much of AEW, knowing the fact that AEW has now garnered a, a million viewers for a pretty regular standpoint on all of their shows, they're, they're, they're being really smart and, the, and they are not running directly opposite of WWE programming, which will make it hard to have a ratings type war like they did back in the 90s. 
what does the signing and the uh, the perspective uh, appearance of Punk on Friday mean for the landscape of professional wrestling? Knowing that Daniel Bryan's not, or Brian Danielson's not far behind. Can I take it even further than that? Do whatever you want, dude. I think that this is a this week, this week in wrestling, this particular week in wrestling. Maybe last week, if you include last week as well, has been probably one of the biggest indicators that uh, it is a, is a has is a problem and it has been a problem in professional wrestling for a while, and that is that they rely way too much on nostalgia. You look at AAA wrestling this past week in Mexico. Ric Flair, Sting is wrestling on TNT on Wednesday. Christian is now. Uh, is he the AEW champion or the Impact? No, he's the Impact champion. That he. Um, now, I'm, I'm sorry, that was awesome. Though. That was that amazing. That was, that was, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah, but it's not building. But it's not. It's not. It's saying that you. Uh, these companies are still relying on older talent that have not been around for a while, and obviously, yeah, people love nostalgia, but it just proves that the they're not able to make new draws. So it, it's still a problem. It's not a bad problem. But it's still wrong. <laughs> but isn't punk, isn't punk the wrestling comparison to Barry Sanders in the NFL? He left too early. Yeah. At, at some of the height of his powers. Hasn't done anything. And, and now he's come back. And he's done plenty. He hasn't done it well. Some movies, that's fine. But in terms of professional wrestling, and I, I, I think your nostalgia thing is a real, is, it's, it's a real problem. I think WWE does it wrong. I think if you bring back nostalgia acts to better the talent that's currently there, like, yeah, Christian won the Impact World Championship. That's great. Well, what matters more is who he drops the belt to and how it's done. Yeah. Right. So if Punk comes back and makes people on that roster better, you're all for it. Right. That's why you bring The Rock back. The Rock has no need to wrestle John Cena in 2012 and 2013. I watched it. I watched both of them. Because in 2013, it's really three if you count the tag team match. Yeah. But again, you watch that and, 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 it, and, it, and it makes it like, uh, again, Sean came back after four years. Four years. Now, no, but that was passing up the torch, though. Like, same thing. H- Hogan didn't need to fight The Rock either in 02. Well, he wasn't supposed to, he, he wasn't supposed to be a face. <laughs> Remember that. No, I, yeah, right. But I'm saying, but still, like, he didn't need to face The Rock. Like, Hogan was already. Leg, like beyond legendary the rock was on his way he also wouldn't drop the but he wouldn't uh do the job for austin right what a oh, 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 oh right yes yeah hey i mean well maybe he, he sounded the rock was a better draw who knows i don't know but i mean that i, I obviously we know stone cold was the biggest draw ever and and really wrestling history it's not even close probably but yeah i mean and, and i don't know i mean cm punk um you know it's a great comparison about the barry sanders I mean, for those that know, you know, maybe, you know, Calvin Johnson type thing too, because he also walked away early, you know, so it must be a Midwest thing, uh, <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, if CM Punk comes back and he fights, you know, certain guys, I mean, like I said, Art, Art, like I, said, I keep bringing up Arch Cassidy, I'm, I'm, I, I just like him. Him against MGF would be great. But back, like I said, with Christian, but yeah, Craig, you're right though, man. Nostalgia definitely is. The nostalgic act has to stop. But once again, it's not going to stop as long as it keeps making money. Right, right. If, 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 yeah, but also if you can't put over certain stars because fans, are, once again, if, if they if you listen to the crowd, if the crowd is not is not feeling certain wrestlers, so yeah, what are you going to do? Like, I think about remember that. I mean, it was more of a comedy thing, but I remember when uh, when Heath Slater was coming out week after week on Raw against Legends, uh, yeah, and all, all the legends kept coming back. Like, 
you know, and I, I mean, truth be told, that was the way to put it. He said it over. It, it didn't work. It never won, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't work, but it was like, it was cool to see Lita. It was cool to see APA. It was cool, you know, it was cool to see those people come back, you know, every now and then, you know, said, yeah, wow, man. WrestleMania <laughs> <laughs> one. Yeah, WrestleMania one. Woo. You know, that that was crazy. So, yeah, so I, I don't know, man, but, you know, to, to, to go back to your original question, Mike, because we went left, right, up, down, it, it doesn't overshadow what's going on. WWE is still king, and if SummerSlam does what they need to do, we won't be talking much about what happened with AEW. We would because we're wrestling fans, but not the casual person will be talking about what happened. My last question would be, given that AEW's ticket sales have been better than WWE uh, since they've been allowed to have fans back. They sold out, uh, I think it was the, the U.S. Open Arena in New York City, uh, and they sold a lot of tickets for uh, for all their New York City shows, and WWE cannot sell out at MSG. My question to you, Ray, is AEW a, a viable alternative for wrestling fans right now. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Now, will it last? Because once again, TNA had fell off. It had yeah, fell off for a while. Like, to your think- point, though, before you go down that road, Tony Khan has more money than Vince does. That's That, that has not happened since WCW. Right, but that's... And Ted Turner had more money as well. Look what happened. Like, you... you Kev, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall said it best. He said, WWE is... A, re- a television uh, place that does, re- oh, no, a wrestling that, no, that, does. that does television. And then WCW was a TV that did wrestling. So that's what might be happening down at AEW. And eventually they're going to have to do all these bigger tours. Like if, if, if that fan base is growing like that, you can do more than the all the, the all state arena, which I know that's a, that's a hot spot for, for wrestling, but at center, they sold out, they sold out the United Center. Okay, great, but that but that's sort of, that has to keep happening, right? So, and I know they can't do the garden because I know that's only exclusive to to WWE. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely viable because the talent they have there, right? So I know like Mark Henry and I'm going over there, Big Show's now over there. But yeah, it does look at there's a little look. It does look a little bit like WCW in the sense that they're bringing in their version of Randy Savages, the Hulk Hogan's, the you know the Roddy Roddy Piper's. Like they're doing that with this older because Chris is older, Jericho's older. You know, Mark Henry's older, Big Show's older. So it's, it's not like, you know, not getting it. Oh, they're bringing them on as, uh, you know, as the, the, as they announced the team or they're on the sideline. It's like, oh, like, I don't know. So it, to me, they are mimicking what, <laughs> you know, and they're on TNT. It's mimicking what Ted Turner them did. So they may get to a point where they surpass WWE in the, in the ratings or ticket sales or whatever. But we know ultimately, you know, when Vince or Triple H or whatever, it's like they get into their really creative mode as we saw. During the Attitude Era, Everlose Aggression Era, there's no one that can mess with WWE. I'm sorry, it's just not. Also, I, I think it is worth noting that AEW is different in the sense, and I think that they're smart in the sense that they're not trying to divide the audience because they know that it's not what it used to be. They're not trying to go head to head with them. So they're going on. For, way- for now, for now, for now. WWE tried to take them on with NXT and they got their asses whooped. Asses whooped. So yeah, I, I think for the first time, you know, they're all wrestling is cyclical. There are these things in wrestling that happen over and over again that make you think, well, we could be on the verge of this. Uh-huh. I think this is the most interesting time in wrestling since 2011, which was the summer of punk. I think him walking away uh, out of the all state arena with that belt when we didn't know if he was, if he had signed a contract, that was amazing. Now, WWE shot themselves in the, in the foot, as always, by bringing him back in two weeks to have him wrestle against Cena at SummerSlam, only to lose. Because of Kevin Nash, another nostalgia act, and Alberto Del Rio, but they got it right. 
I think the more people, the more viable wrestling shows out there, the better for all of us, especially us doing this podcast. Facts. So that will do it for the inaugural episode of Kayfabe Critics, formerly Cheap Heat. I am Michael Marcangelo, joined by uh, Rayshon Buchanan, Craig D'Alessandro. Thank you so much for listening. Let's go enjoy SummerSlam. <laughs> hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. ElectroCast. Transform your influence. ElectroCast.